The Anchor Podcast is part of the Vanderbilt Sports Network, a partnership between Vanderbilt Athletics and Learfield. Listen to audio broadcast of Commodore football, men's and women's basketball, and baseball all season across our network. Affiliates can be found on VUCommodores.com under the Fans tab, or you can stream for free by downloading the VU Commodores app. Here comes a pitch. Swing and a miss! Strike three! It's Omaha for Vanderbilt! Cutler takes the snap, fires the slant, pass caught for a touchdown! We have a chance to do it right. I'm determined to do that. I know that good things are in store. Right over Stanford for a two-run shot. Dominic Keegan goes deep. Pierce with a tremendous catch. Hit well down the left field line. Back to the corner, to the wall, to the house. That ball is gone. That ball is gone. John Norwood. Oh, my goodness. Welcome to another edition of the Anchor Podcast. Always great to have you with us alongside Andrew Allegretta. I'm Kevin Ingram. This is Georgia Week for Vanderbilt football. We'll be on the air 1 o'clock kickoff at 2.30 on Saturday in Athens for the Commodores and the top-ranked Georgia Bulldogs. We're going to talk about that in just a bit. Also going to hear from Georgia native and quarterback A.J. Swan. He'll be coming up among our guests today. And also Bryant Honfeld, who... As a local guy, played at NBA and played here at Vanderbilt as the all-time leading scorer in Commodore history and made a memorable kick in Athens at Sanford Stadium back in 2006 in a Commodore upset win. So uh, you're going to want to hear the uh, conversation we had with Bryant coming up shortly. Andrew, what's going on, man? I'm doing well. Uh, it's fun to go back through the history, whether it's the kick in 2006, whether it's the tackle that Zach Cunningham made, mm-hmm. I believe 2017, I think, or 16, 2016, 16, right? Uh, Kirby Smart's first season. Uh, so it's it's fun to go back and see a few of those uh, memorable moments, and hopefully we find one or two of those against Georgia uh, coming up on Saturday. Although, obviously, a very different style of Georgia team versus Kirby Smart's first season in 2016 and the one that he's got this season, which is ranked number one in the country having said that whether it's swan back in his home state or what mcgowan's been doing uh fingers crossed for a couple of fun moments coming up on saturday and uh speaking of aj swan i drove past the sign for white georgia where where is white georgia specifically it's north of atlanta we saw it on the way down to see the braves phillies playoff game which was uh, on uh, wednesday night they played game two and uh it really just by a stroke of luck we had a chance to see kyle wright pitch for for the braves and of course, as everybody knows, he's had a fantastic season. I mean, he was an outstanding pitcher here at Vanderbilt and the high draft pick a few years ago, but has really come into form this season. He won 21 games in the regular season and got win number 22 against the Phillies. He pitched uh, six innings of shutout ball against the Phillies, and the Braves tied that series a game apiece. Two hits, one walk, six strikeouts through 83 pitches. I thought they might bring him back for the seventh inning as well as he was throwing, but uh, he was terrific. Got out of a few pressure spots a couple times, you know, with Bryce Harper and company in that Phillies lineup. And Dansby Swanson was a big key, not only at the plate, but in the field. He walked and scored a run in a three-run sixth, and then he made a fantastic catch during the top of the sixth on a ball hit by JT Real Muto, uh, the uh, Phillies catcher. But, uh, man, those guys... You look at that Braves core of people, and, man, those two are right there in the middle of it as they try to repeat as world champions. I was going to say, they're as, they're as significant as anybody that the Braves tried out there. It's so much fun to watch those guys play uh, and just recognize the human beings that they are, that we've gotten to know here at Vanderbilt, and to see it reflected on the field is wonderful. And then also to remind folks that they're not going to sit in front of an orange Gatorade bottle after the game either is <laughs> right. also a good thing, too, from those guys. Yes, I, I saw that whole scene, too, after the game. I thought that was pretty funny stuff. Yeah, uh, good good on Dansby. Right, when they uh, go to the press conference. But 
So that series is tied. They're going to go to Philadelphia and play the next two games. And uh, if there's a game five, it'll be in Atlanta on Sunday. A couple things to mention. Basketball single-game ticket plans were announced today. Uh, general public can buy seats for men's non-conference games and all the women's games. Uh, SEC men's games tickets uh, for the season will go on sale for season ticket holders and National Commodore Club members on November 7th. The public will be able to buy those on November 9th. And, of course, the opener against Memphis, November 7th at home, first women's home game, November 10th against Sanford. So it's almost here, uh, basketball yeah, season. Very much so. And if it's not out publicly yet, uh, I do think the game times for non-conference uh, are coming out shortly for right. men's basketball, too. So uh, potentially by the time that you've listened to this, it's up on the schedule page. Uh, so if you're planning your days, you're planning your evenings, you're planning your babysitters, all of that sort of stuff, we uh, we should have those game times for you shortly. Yes, it is. It, it, is, it is here. And I'll, I'll throw this into the mix. Too excited to welcome uh, Jake Lyman as our new women's basketball radio voice, uh, someone that I've known for a handful of years, uh, obviously replaces Charlie Mattis, who did just a fantastic job for nearly 30 years with that program, uh, who's uh, more concentrated with his uh, WSM work at the moment. But uh, we're thrilled to welcome Jake. Uh, I do think he will be part of our football broadcast down the stretch, going to have him just produce some small stuff uh, for us throughout the course of those of those football broadcasts. So you'll get to know him as we move forward throughout the course of the upcoming season. But uh, first and foremost, just a, a, a good young man and a very, very smart and talented young man, too. Yeah, looking forward to uh, hearing Jake's calls and I had a chance to, to visit with him a little bit uh, as we you know, kind of went through the uh, decision process. and. Uh, welcome aboard and i know he'll uh, be excited about uh, the season coming up he's thrilled he's yeah. thrilled like we haven't we also haven't waved the flag about this necessarily because i don't want anyone to think that he wants the job because of this but in his back pocket is the fact that he is a through and through titans fan uh so this this whole thing is very fitting for him both to uh to get his professional journey underway at a place that feels like a fit for him uh, where he's going to work hard and represent coach jay ralph and then it doesn't hurt that he gets to work in a market in which his favorite football <laughs> team is here too so that right. is an added bonus well there you go so i, I did not know that about him yeah, so, I, we, yeah. I, I intentionally kind of held it back throughout the process for obvious reasons but uh but it is it is there uh and and i think it is a nice bonus in his back pocket all right so the black and gold and the two-tone blue so uh, welcome to <laughs> welcome to town to jake let's talk about vanderbilt football on the road number one georgia on saturday it's a tall test and last year's game and we know what happened uh, when georgia came here and that that was one of the great teams you'll see on a football field in college ball and they went on to win the national championship and all those things but for this vanderbilt team and we talked with coach lee on monday and i know you and i have both talked with the coordinators you understand what you're up against going down there to to face these guys but uh you, you try to build on some things uh, you, we talked about aj swan in this offense that's put up almost 200 points over the first six games averaging 33 points per game Vanderbilt's done a good job in red zone scoring, 100%. 17 of those have been touchdowns and 21 chances, and that's uh, among the nation's leaders there. So been converting when they've had those chances. Uh, you want to see Ray Davis, uh, of course, uh, get out there and run the football like he did uh, this past week against Ole Miss when he was outstanding over 100 yards. And you're seeing the development of some players on offense, including Jaden McGowan, who Joey Lynch said, knows how to prepare he can pick things up really fast try to get the ball to him in space because he has the speed to go to the house and we've seen that oh we saw that i mean he goes one-on-one -on -one with a freshman old miss cornerback and just torches him down the sideline true 4 3 40 speed uh, right down that sideline toward the north end zone for the touchdown um there's there's any number of metrics you can talk about with this team and it's an interesting split as we've talked about for head coach clark lee right because uh, he never wants to give off any sense of striving for anything but the very top. 
right? He has said that the program's mission is to be the very best because he doesn't know why. And I agree, anyone would want to be a part of something that is not striving to be the absolute best in your field. That is his mindset. He is also cognizant of the growth that they have taken along the way and where they are. Um, you mentioned the fact that they're scoring, what was it, 30-some-odd points per game. Mm -hmm. They have 187 total points through six games. This was in Chad Bishop's piece um, about the offense that was published today, Thursday, as we talk. It was 189 total in all of 2021. Clearly, that offense has made really impressive strides, and part of that is just the recruiting that to be able to bring in an A.J. Swan, Jaden McGowan, have a healthy Ray Davis as a part of this program uh, for six games versus, I guess it was maybe four games last year before he got hurt and had to miss the rest of the season, three to four for Ray Davis. So there's been so much. And, and Michael Scholl, the director of football communication, sent me um, a note. And it's it's hard to digest without you know true graphs and numbers in, in front of you. But Pro Football Focus or College Football Focus, those those websites mm -hmm. put together metrics that, that analyze each uh, – sector of your football team right your rushing offense your rushing defense so on and so forth and and through all of the metrics about 10 to 15 of them they have made tangible strides in those ratings in all but like two of them so out of like 13 14 15 metrics they're better in 10 11 12 um but coach lee also knows right that that he's not striving to just be better in metrics. He's striving to win ball games at the end of the road, too. And it's just an interesting stretch, Kev. And, and I don't know that he would talk about it publicly, but getting through this stretch with confidence, I think, will be very important. Uh, because you've got Mizzou on the back end. You've got a bye. You've got South Carolina. You've got Florida. Tangible games that you can get out there and win. And, and not having anybody's um, confidence eroded by the end of that little stretch that we're going through right now I, I i do think will be really significant you want to get through this with the guy still believing right. and and understanding the context of that's his that's been his word this week right context mm -hmm. uh context of what you're going through and where you've been and, and where you're about to be coming up so it's a it's a difficult stretch but i i, I do think it is worth you know from a coach lee perspective and everybody else you know just a Nobody's naive, but uh, the, the, the gains that this program has made in 12 months for Clark is, is, is tangible uh, with the eye test and on paper. A couple quick things about the defense. Takeaways now in 15 straight games with the two interceptions by DeRicky Wright. It's great to have Jayla Mahoney back in the lineup. Kane Patterson, I, I just feel like I notice him every game. Ole Miss had a big day passing. They put together big plays. Uh, you're going to hear from Nick Howell, Vanderbilt's defensive coordinator, uh, about that and how you try to correct some of those things during our, our tailgate show coming up on Saturday. But I also asked Nick about Stetson Bennett, the Georgia quarterback. He's a veteran guy. He's won a national championship i mean he may not may not get out there and, and just blow you off the field with monster arm or super fast but just one of those dudes that knows how to win football games to me he's just a really impressive college football well, and player. clark underscored the fact that he's sneaky athletic right that's kind uh -huh. of the term we use for a quarterback that we don't necessarily associate with mike wright's speed uh but he is elusive in the pocket he does not take sacks uh, I think he had like a 60-yard touchdown run against Auburn last week, something like mm -hmm. that, right? 50 to 60-yard touchdown run against Auburn on a scramble. Uh, so he's got plenty of speed to, to beat you. What's interesting about him statistically, and again, you are not obligated to throw the football for a touchdown. You can run it into the end zone. But they have not thrown a touchdown pass to a wide receiver. Now they've got the best tight end in football 
a few Notre Dame fans might disagree with that, but Brock <laughs> Bowers that you can throw touchdown passes to. Um, but it is notable. It's just it's interesting. So this Georgia team is number one in the country. No one is is scoffing at the fact that uh, they're elites. Uh, it's just the construction of it is so different to me in terms of just like next level talents that was so clearly NFL talent on the field a season ago versus guys with this version of Georgia that are uber talented but feel like they're getting their first shot at it. You know, their their quote unquote other starter or backup tight end Washington is is remarkable. Uh, he's a physical freak, uh, but he's not. He's not one of these guys you go, okay, clearly a first-round NFL draft pick. Or Jordan Davis playing on the inside part of that line last year. Okay, that guy's a freak. Or, um, man, any one of those guys on defense last year. You've got young guys that are coming up and, and stepping up. And they've. I think it's Keely Ringo, right, who had the interception return for a touchdown against Alabama. So they, they have first-round talent on that defense. Don't get me wrong. It's just it's not the same in-your-face sort of thing versus kind of a new construction that is a little bit grittier, tougher, and, and wanting to make their own mark versus living in the shadow of the team that played last year. Be a tough challenge for Vanderbilt. Let's get into our conversations now. We're going to start with a Georgia native, A.J. Swan, true freshman quarterback. He arrived back uh, for spring ball, and we talked some about that and just about going back to his home state to face the Georgia Bulldogs. Here's A.J. Welcome back. Vanderbilt and Georgia on the way. Kevin Ingram joined by A.J. Swan, Vanderbilt freshman quarterback. Uh, do you feel like each game sort of a learning experience as you step out there every week? Uh, yeah, I mean, especially since I'm a freshman, but I mean, just in general, every game is a learning experience for everybody. Uh, I think up front, learning experience, just seeing how like how much we've progressed, even at skill positions everywhere. Um, I think it's really good for us and to build into the future just to get all these top 10 games, like top 25 games, just SEC games. That said, what did you take away from Ole Miss? Uh, uh, we're a lot better than we give ourselves credit for. I would say that our first half was probably some of the best football we've played. Um, I think that we can do that consistently throughout the rest of the year. We just need to trust ourselves to do that. How much does Ray Davis sort of set the tone for this offense just with his power and, and, and passion at running back? Uh, he definitely sets a great tone, like especially that first play of the game. I know he came out, ran hard, and he got about 14, 15 yards on that. So, I mean, start off a game like that with that uh, great of a run and just set the tempo for that whole rest of that first half. And uh, we have a lot of trust in him and trust in our line, that, and he trusts our line just as much as I do. So that goes a long way. How have you built that trust and those relationships with your receivers to where you're on the same page? Just being out here, getting reps, throwing routes, uh, a lot of one-on-one -on -one periods here. Uh, I'm sure you saw it practice today. So that's really just about building trust and building that chemistry that we need. Enjoy watching the speed of Jaden McGowan. He gets to the outside and just beats corners to the end zone. How fun was that? Uh, that's my favorite play as a quarterback. Throw the ball short, let them run long. So just to get it out there and let him make a move is the plan all week because they, if they play off, get out there quick to him get him in space and of course right there went for a touchdown and you get all the passing yardage too so it works out well doesn't it? exactly same thing as like a jet sweep that you toss you get all the passing yards and you have to do none of the work but no I'm, I was really excited for him especially on that play uh, I know that everybody talks about his speed but he never really got a chance to showcase it yet and that was one of his moments now you look ahead you play Georgia this week what stands out about their defense after watching it just athleticism and speed. I mean, they're really athletic, really strong, and uh, uh, like I said, really fast. I mean, they've moved the ball very well, uh, really good pass for us, so we're just going to have to trust our progressions and work through the game. Back in your home state, I know you'll be asked about this a lot this week, and going to Sanford Stadium to play, how much do you look forward to that challenge? 
Uh, I'm looking forward to it a lot. I mean, uh, growing up, I always wanted to play in Sanford Stadium. Uh, growing up, obviously, wanted to be for Georgia, but now I'd n- rather not be anywhere else besides here uh, with these guys on my team, and I'm really excited to go into war with them. Did you go to games there as a kid? I went to a couple here and there. I mean, I think Athens is a little over an hour from my house. So uh, my dad and my mom went to school there for a little bit, and they went to all the games. Uh, but I went to a couple here and there. I, went, I know one of the moments I remember as a kid was uh, Malcolm Mitchell going into the hedges. Uh, I don't remember who they were playing, but that was a funny moment when I was growing up. So, Did you ever play there in like an all-star game or something like that? Uh, no, not at Sanford Stadium. We played in uh, the Georgia Dome a couple times, like halftime and stuff like that, but never the Sanford Stadium. Got a bunch of family and friends coming in? I'm not even sure. I know I have a bunch of fam- a couple family members coming in, but like I, I said, I have a I had more family here this weekend than I was expecting. I think I had 24 people come this weekend. So uh, this upcoming weekend, well, I'm sure will be a lot. I have a lot of friends that go to Georgia. You know, as a first year player and a first year college student, what's been the most challenging part of all this for you? Probably time management, to be honest. Uh, especially right now, we're going into midterm week. Um, so being in the spring helped me a lot, just to understand like how I need to balance my time uh, between school and football. So that's helped me a lot going into it. But it's also trying to help the other freshmen like how they need to understand because it's a, it's a lot of work, the schoolwork here, and then getting the football practice, especially in the SEC play. But I think we're all learning how to balance it. Do you have some mentors on this team that have kind of helped you uh, learn those things? Absolutely. I mean, everybody kind of mentors everybody. I mean, it doesn't matter what grade you're in. We all learn from each other every single day. So that's that's what I love about this team. Coach Lee out here after practice talked about the little things. How much are those key points in building a winning program here? That's everything. I mean, a lot of people try to focus on big plays and during a game but really the small plays are what makes the game and even like building a program that everybody tries to focus on like big key players that people bring in and stuff like that but it's really small pieces that slowly come together that's what builds a program third straight game against the top 10 team for you guys uh, what's it like facing those challenges every week in this league uh, we're excited for it. I mean, that's how we're, that's how we want to be compared up against these top ten teams and uh, top ten programs. But uh, we're ready for it. We're, like I said, we usually don't pay attention to the opponent. We just worry about ourselves and focus on ourselves. AJ, good luck. Keep up the good work. Thank you. We continue with the Anchor Podcast, and with it being Georgia Week, I thought it might be fun to catch up with a guy who made a big kick against Georgia back in 2006. He is Vanderbilt's all-time leading scorer in football, 255 points. That includes 46 field goals and 107 PATs. He's right here in Nashville, went to NBA. He is Bryant Honfeld. What's going on? Hey, Kevin, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the kick at Georgia, first of all, because you know I think about memorable games that, that I've covered around this program for, for all these years. The one in 06 in Athens certainly is, is up near the top. You kicked a 33-yard field goal in the final seconds for a 24-22 upset of uh, the Bulldogs. They are ranked number 16. Take me through that kick and what you remember about it. Yeah, that was a, um, a special moment uh, in my career and something that I, you know, think about often, you know, every time we play Georgia and just kind of remember fondly. Um, you know, that was uh, a, a tough game for us, and, and it was their homecoming, and it's at Georgia and Athens, a uh, tough crowd, you know, and I got a bunch of friends in the stands that I went to high school with that are that went to Georgia, uh, and then some other friends that just kind of went down to rooting for me, and and so, and then, uh, you know, family as well. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, um, it, was, it was a fun, fun atmosphere and fun time. But, you know, that, that, that final drive, um, you know, we had to make some big plays going in that final drive. I think we converted a fourth and uh, eight or fourth and something. You know, some guys made some big catches, big plays, and it was just getting more and more exciting, like coming down to it. It's like, just give me a chance. And, uh, and, you know, the team came through and, uh, and then, 
you know, McKenzie was my holder. We'd go out there and, uh, you know, they couldn't have centered it up any better for me. And I, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I remember, um, one of the best tailbacks I've ever had. I'm drawing a blank on his name. He's on the Jumbotron, just like, you know, hands up. Everybody get up, Georgia, you know, rooting against me. Uh, <laughs> once I get out there, it's just kind of a blur, really, you know, as far as, like, the, the process of the kick and everything. It just it happens so quick. You go through your, your you know, your pre-kick routine and whatnot, and then all of a sudden, yeah, the snap happens and the kick, and you look up, and it's dead center, and it was just uh, – the moment you never forget and then you just kind of freak out from there yeah so it's a, it's a fun freak out yeah there's you know ninety thousand people there and it, how fun is it to, to silence all of them except for that little no. section of black and gold over there uh so there's nothing better um you know and then and like i said having friends that went to school there you know they're they're conflicted they're going they're 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 mad and happy all at the same <laughs> time uh yeah but there's there's nothing like going into um you know a stadium like Georgia or, you know, Tennessee, any of these SEC stadiums and upsetting one of them. Uh, it's just, uh, there's nothing like it. Cause yeah, they go silent and it's just, I mean, they're so mad when it happens. It's the best, <laughs> such a good feeling. What was the scene like in the locker room after that one? Um, you know, I was kind of late getting into the locker room cause there was uh, interviews and whatnot right. going on, but it's just, it's, it's, you know, pure joy. I mean, everybody's excited. Everybody's jumping up and down. You know, it doesn't matter what kind of game you had, didn't have. Like, it's just such a team win, and everybody. Yeah. You know, just it's it's. There's nothing like that feeling. It's hard to describe. It's hard to. I wish you could bottle it up and drink it. You know, but <laughs> you, you you can't unless you yeah. experience it. You played from 05 to 08, and we're really part mm-hmm. of a building process for the program under Coach Bobby Johnson that culminated in a bowl appearance in 08 when you guys played Boston College. I remember it was on New right. Year's Eve, and he won over at the uh, the stadium here in Nashville. Uh, also mm-hmm. broke the scoring record in 2008 at home. What was that like for you to, to be here against Rice and make that kick to break the record? Yeah, to do it at home was great. Um, but, you know, the competitor in me was upset that I didn't do it at the end of my junior year because of some of the kicks that I, I had missed and, and the ability to break the record was there. Um, but it was, um, you know, it was a special special moment and start to that season because I hadn't missed uh, that whole season. And, it, you know, up until that point, I believe I finally did in the, the Auburn game. Um, you know, so it was um, – it was something that was a goal of mine coming into Vanderbilt. I knew that if I broke John Markham's record, uh, then I would have a, a good chance at going on to the next level and, and also just have a good career. So, sure. so uh, to, to, to reach that goal was, um, it was pretty fun to do. And, and he always sat in the stands, you know, a couple rows up right behind the, the bench there. So it's cool to see him when it, when it all happened. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's a special moment. I still have the ball from that kick. Well, I, I got it back. We yeah. all did a story on it a couple of years ago. It's a pretty, pretty interesting story. Um, and then, yeah, going into the bowl game, you know, hey, sure, I wish we could have, you know, gone to a cool bowl, bowl quote-unquote cool bowl site since we're, you know, Nashville is the cool place now. But, but back then it was still growing. Uh, but to be able to do that in our hometown, have our fans here, Boston College comes in, and then to win the game, I mean, it was the first time we had won a bowl game since 55, I believe, mm-hmm. something uh, pretty wild. Um, so it's, um, you know, I'm sure you can always say I wish I would have gone to more bowl games, but the way it all unfolded with senior year was, it's uh, 
a fond memory of that that I have. So. Yeah, I remember that game well, and I remember it being cold. I remember interviewing you and our punter after the game because you guys were, yeah. you know, the special teamers were really stars of that yeah. game. But yeah, was it was it surreal, you know, being on the stage and getting the trophy and all those things when you, you thought about what the journey was like to get there? Yeah, um, especially me. I'm just a kicker, you know. I'm not mm-hmm. not the quarterback. I'm not the uh, you know star wide receiver. You know, me and Brett Upson, we're just. Uh, go out there do your job you know the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the eight plays a game that you get you know do your job um and and we were lucky enough to uh excel that night and uh when the team called on us to to, to be able to get the job done um but yeah i mean as far as um you know four years that was a tough four years you know we had i was on some really good teams that we just couldn't quite get over the hump um you know my freshman year was jake cutler's senior year and and that team had uh, quite a few players end up going pro, and um, and and even the next few years, we just couldn't quite get over the hump. So then to finally do it senior year, be able to do it with like, you know, that that class, we accomplished something, um, and and it felt felt good to do it. Visiting with Brian Honfeld, former Vanderbilt kicker and still the all-time leading scorer for Vanderbilt football. What, what did you take away from your time with Bobby Johnson, you know, a guy who I got to know well and really think a lot of, but, but what was you know, playing for him like for you? Uh, he, he was a great man. Uh, he, he is a great man. Um, you know, he, he's one of those that um, he was going to tell you like it is. Uh, he wasn't going to lie to you. He's going to be upfront and honest with you. And uh, so you always knew where you stood with him. Uh, and I appreciated, appreciated that about him. Um, but you know it's um, it's hard to think back as far as like playing times. You just remember like he's a great coach. He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. You know he treated me well. He treated me with respect. Um, you know as a human being, not just a football player. And uh, and those, those are the things that stick with you. Mm-hmm. You know just the kind of guy he is. Great guy. You know. You referenced earlier getting the football back that they used to set the record, mm-hmm. and, and Brad Schmidt wrote the story about you in the Tennessee and your recovery from from addiction. Uh, you lost mm-hmm. a brother along the way. It, to me, it's always heartwarming to hear stories like that. What, what has that journey been like for you to now you know move forward with this phase of your life? Yeah, um, you know, it was tough for for quite a while. Obviously, um, it's not something that you want to see anybody go down, uh, and. Uh, but since then, um, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world as far as uh, the, the path that I was on because of who I am today and where I'm at today. Um, you know, obviously, with my, my brother passing, it's, it's tough, and I wish that would have gone different. But, you know, now I have a chance to share his message uh, and, and get his story out there uh, in, in hopes to, to help somebody else. Um, but, you know, I'm moving into – close to six years you know uh sober with it now and uh it's still uh it's still a struggle it just looks sure. different you yeah. know it's not in the same form but it's it's, it's new and different every day um uh, but i have a great network of people around me um you know when the sober community or the work or, or my my fiance now it's uh it's um i couldn't ask for you know a better group of people around me but you know it's um you know it's tough in the beginning um, you know, especially I avoided Vanderbilt for, for quite a while. Um, I, I didn't want to come around there. Uh, not because of anything Vanderbilt did. That's just who I was, you know, where I was at that time. Uh, but now it's, uh, I, I love going back and love the opportunity to go back. Um, but you know, it's, 
it, it's taken some time for me to, to, to get there. But, um, you know, it's one of those things, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, and, you know, I'll say here, if there's anybody out there that is um, through Vanderbilt sports or athletics or whatever, needs to reach out and, and talk, like, I'm here to talk or help in any way that I can, um, you know, because I didn't do this alone. So, What'd you do with the football? It's friends. I've got it in a case at, at my house. Yeah. yeah, it's up in a safe place now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask about the yeah. uh, current day Commodores. Uh, you, you mentioned being back around, and Clark Lee's been really sure. welcoming for former players, hasn't he? What, what have you thought about the way he's gone about trying to, to rebuild this program now in year two? Yeah, uh, Clark, he's a great man. Uh, you know, an NBA guy like myself as well. Um, yeah, I went back over there this summer, and, and it was uh, the doors are wide open, you know, uh, and met a lot of the coaches that hated a lot of them, reconnected with, with Earl and, and, mm-hmm. and Norval. And, Nor- and Norval was a GA when I was, uh, when I was there. Um, I love what he's doing. I love what he's um, – the, the, the culture that he's creating there. Um, and, and, you know, you can tell these guys want to play for him. Uh, and so it's exciting. Um, I just, you know, I love where we're at right now. It's just it's exciting time. Can you still get out there and make a kick if you have to? I mean, if I had to, I did kick a little bit this summer. And yeah. I, like when you're not using that hip, like <laughs> it, it, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Uh, I mean, if I had to, sure, but it, I don't have many in me. <laughs> oh, I mean, you probably got a few left in you. Yeah. As we finish up here, how proud are you of, of the career you had? in your hometown at NBA and then here at Vanderbilt? Yeah, it's hard to, to put in words. Um, for a while, I wished I had uh, done more and gone on to the next level. Uh, but, but when I take, take a step back and look at what I was able to do, uh, where I was able to do it, it's, uh, it's hard to describe. I, I mean, here we are in 2022 and mm-hmm. I'm still interviewing about it. And it's, <laughs> uh, I got to pinch myself about that sometimes. And it, and it's, it is cool. It is fun. It is a big deal. Uh, I play it down sometimes. And, uh, you know, it's funny the people around me, I, I work at a, a brick company here in town called Amp. Um, and, and they're all huge Vanderbilt fans. Yeah. So they always, uh, you know, they'll hear, hear my name on the radio every now and again. And they, they get all excited. And I told them, you know, I was going to come on and do this. And, 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 you know, that, that whole sales team's excited for me. And I, I think when I see that and hear that is when I really am, am, am proud of what I did. Um, so it's, um, uh, yeah, there's, there's nothing like going to NBA and there's really nothing like going to Vanderbilt, you know, so it's, uh, pretty special. Well, Bryant, uh, man, great to catch up with you and spend a few minutes, uh, happy for you and your career. And I know you got a tons of people pulling for you still these days. So, uh, thanks so much for the yeah. time. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Kevin. I appreciate it. That was former Vanderbilt kicker Bryant Honfeld. He is from right here in Nashville. He played at Vanderbilt from 05 to 08 and is still the all-time leading scorer in Commodore history. And talk some about uh, the memorable kick he had in Athens back in 2006. Uh, I think even when we got done with the, the interview, we talked some about the kick he made to beat South Carolina on the road. That was a special win for, for Bobby Johnson. I know going back to his home state and picking up a victory uh, in that venue. But uh, Bryant had a fantastic career. 
went through some some personal struggles and uh, he's very open about that and, and very willing to help anybody who uh, he might be able to help in that regard. But I, I just had a really fun time visiting with him and uh, just just hearing about uh, what his life is like now and how he's turned things around and, and going in a very positive direction and, and also happy about coming back and being back around the program some again. It's just good to hear the stories that get to the other side of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, his story is not unique, but his story could have gone any number of directions. Uh, and the fact that he's gotten to the other side of it, uh, he is where he is now. Um, it's great to hear that, your conversation with him, and certainly always fun to relive those relive those memories especially when it's a w in, in sanford stadium you know I, I remember that game well because my then fiance who's now been my wife of 15 years amy uh came with me on that trip uh we, we kind of drove separate separate and uh, she sat up in the, in the radio booth with joe and john and horner and the whole crew and uh, that was the first time any of them had met her and uh so you know she comes to this game Vanderbilt pulls this upset. Hanfeld makes a kick, win the game. I go back up to the booth, and I was like, every road trip is that's like right. this. You know, it, yeah, it's for sure. always like and they're this. And they're going to want Amy at every single game from here on out, right? Like, that's either if it goes good or bad in your first game, you are labeled as that guy moving right, right. forward or that woman. <laughs> but uh, that was a fun memory. We I've got a uh, photo of us uh, in the booth after the game, and I'll have to uh, – have to put that yeah up bring there. it along yeah. you can feel feel free to print it off and we can paste i'll put it yeah, next to yeah, some okay. notes if yeah. that's good juju let's go yeah maybe maybe that'll work for us but uh <laughs> it, it's it's a great venue it'll be fun to be down there uh, we'll have pregame at one o'clock the tailgate show and then kick off uh, around 2 30 on saturday vanderbilt and georgia a couple other things since we finished up we mentioned baseball fall training starts on the 18th that's next monday most of the workouts are typically open to the public at hawkins field the game against sanford the exhibition on the 23rd be a one o'clock start they'll play in las vegas against arizona state on october 30th soccer at home friday night against south carolina commodores 2-2 and 2 in the sec four matches to play two home and two away uh, off the first shutout of the season, uh, loss at Arkansas on Sunday, 3-0. That was the only shutout of the season for um, the Commodore team and hopefully get things back turned around against South Carolina on Friday night. And we should say congratulations on a fantastic career to Ian Duvenhag, who announced that he's retiring after this season as Vanderbilt men's tennis coach. He's the all-time leader in that program's history with 217 wins. Uh, he has 569 wins overall, a stops at his alma mater, Miami, and also at Florida. Been here at Vanderbilt 17 years. They made 11 NCAA tournament appearances in that time, including a Sweet 16 back in 2013. And Ian's a guy who's been around here, and he's just a, a fixture on this campus. So uh, all the best to him as he uh, enters retirement after this season, but still uh, plenty more tennis to play. Yeah, congratulations to him. The, the the programs, especially the tennis programs, have been so good over mm-hmm. the past number of years. And you know, it's always worth taking a couple of seconds to reflect on all of the sports that have had success. I know our eyeballs all of the time go to the quote-unquote maybe big Big three or big four, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, but but from bowling to tennis to soccer, like the accomplishments yeah. on this campus. Um, and let's not forget it. And, and actually, just to go full circle, that's what Jake's going to do. He's going to do kind of a all sports update or Olympic sports update for us. We're going to squeeze that into the show uh, because those student athletes are accomplishing very significant things, and it's worth taking a few seconds to talk about them. Good deal. Andrew, we'll see you on Saturday. Looking forward to it. Uh, yes, sir. I'm looking forward to my first trip to Sanford Stadium. Um, I, I'm excited. I don't I don't know what's going to unfold, but 
Um, I, I am intrigued to see how it goes. And again, I just think the theme of all of this is like, let's play well enough to get... I respect the spread. I respect the opponent, all of that sort of stuff. Let's get through it to the point where we feel good about how we played and we can play with extreme confidence against Missouri because we all recognize kind of the stretch that we're in and the stretch that is upcoming. So uh, let's have a good time. It's a 2.30 Central kickoff, as you mentioned. He's Andrew. I'm Kevin. That is the Anchor Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.